This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Big weekend ahead of ACC Hoops. North Carolina Clemson could is one of the highlights, really, of the schedule, if you think about it. I mean, Clemson right now, I believe, is the highest-ranked ACC team, although they did go to Miami and get beat. Miami has kind of fallen under the radar. I think Miami's excellent, uh, and I think there are five, maybe six really good teams in the league. I think Miami is one of them. We'll see if Brian Geisinger uh, concurs. Our uh, college hoops maven guru, uh, 24-7 sports, BuzzBeat podcast. How are you, my man? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Doing very well. Uh, real quick, we, I, know, I know we're not going to talk about it, but uh, in in terms of specifics and in depth, but uh, North Carolina, Duke, Miami, uh, Clemson, maybe Virginia, five of the five best teams in the league? Yeah, I think pretty safely. Um, I think you could probably try to make cases for, uh, you know, Pittsburgh or um maybe virginia tech or whatever i mean i guess pittsburgh's oh and three i just really yeah. like their personnel but <laughs> i do too i could players but um i think they'll i mean i don't think they're gonna finish last in the league but yeah yeah real quickly i think that top five is pretty like unassailable honestly uh, let, let's so let's get to one of the fun matchups although um, wait hold on did you, sure. did you, real quickly did you mention wake forest in that mix i i did not but they okay. are on my next grouping of teams because they, they they have real upside offensively and defensively. They're rounding into form. Like they they're pretty legit. They're they're right on the fringe if they're not in there okay. already too. In that in that mix, I think good for uh, good for Steve Forbes. Let's talk about Carolina's trip to Clemson. Uh, so I'll just I'll just open the floor for you. Uh, the Tar Heels didn't shoot it very well and haven't. I've, I've been surprised they haven't shot it well uh, from the perimeter. They've shot it okay at best. Um, where do you see the Tar Heels, and how do you see this matchup? I think it's going to be, I mean, it's a very exciting matchup. Two of the better, you know, post guys in the league, P.J. Hall, Armando Baycott. Yeah. I'm not sure how much those guys will be sort of like one-on-one matched up. M- my guess is Baycott will take Ian Shefflin, and, you know, Hubert Davis will have Jalen Withers out in space against uh, P.J. Hall and all the pick and pop and, and – uh, right. You know, Princeton offense stuff that Brad Burnell likes to run. So my guess is you try to keep Baycott closer to the closer to the paint and keep a good offensive rebounder like Shefflin off the glass, maybe a little bit. But you could see like when when um you know Clemson losing to Miami. I mean, I think that had more to do with Miami just having you know they've got a ton of offensive firepower. Yeah. They've got a bunch of future, a couple future pros on that team. Um, so that I mean that was hands down the worst defensive game Clemson's had all season. But also. I mean, like I know PJ Hall had 17 points in that game, but one of five on threes, four turnovers, no assists. Like the thing that makes Clemson like dynamic and tough to defend um, offensively is like Hall's ability to stretch the floor and then be like a playmaker at, you know, whether he's playing four or five. Um, and if you, if you shut that, if you shut his water off on some of that stuff, well, then they sort of like lose their uh, kind of their top gear offensively. And and then just I think this is like uh, stating the obvious, but it seems to me like a big game for R.J. Davis in terms of shooting. Uh-huh. Uh, Clemson's a team that's going to be in gaps. Um, there's going to be opportunities for R.J. to 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 pull up and shoot off the dribble and, and and score out of the pick and roll, which he's very very 
good at doing. Um, and so this does feel like one of those games where if he has a cook in with the pull up, that just loosens everything else up for UNC's offense. So I, I do I do like UNC in this game. Um, but like it seems like it's gonna be a really fun game between two of the best offenses. Um you know, in the country. When was the last time you could say uh, two of the best offenses and one of these teams you were talking about was Clemson? Uh, they have <laughs> not had great offensive performances uh, with they're always a great defensive team under Brad Brownell, but they have mm-hmm. not been great offensively. Uh, just looking at North Carolina and having seen them enough, uh, I've kind of been surprised that they haven't been better uh, shooting the ball from the perimeter. Har- we know Harrison Ingram is more than capable. The numbers have been, have been okay. But I think the real surprise is that Cormac Ryan really has not given them what they have mm-hmm. needed, what they've expected. In term- He's playing okay otherwise, but, I mean, they didn't bring him here to shoot 28% from three. Yeah, I mean, Ryan's a guy that's, uh, you know, I think of him as, I think he shot 40% two seasons ago, like the last good, Mike Bray, Notre Dame team. Right. But really for all this, most of his career, he's been like mid-30s, but with good volume, which is like a really useful shooter. And sure. if you've watched Ryan play a lot, he's he's been in college basketball for a long time now. <laughs> he like he's he shoots, he takes tough shots. He can shoot off movement, he can shoot out of the pick and roll. Like he's he's pretty versatile. But I wouldn't worry too much about the jumper at this point. Like he's still shooting well from the field overall. He's shooting well from the line. Like Cormac Ryan may have a month where he just over six games or whatever, he shoots 40 some percent and then he ends the year at 35% on, on volume, but they do need him to shoot because his shooting gives them lineup versatility, allows them to, you know, move Harrison Ingram to the, to the four um, and and get some, uh, get like a a spacier lineup on the court with, with Ryan and with Cadeau and Davis and, and Baycott. But they also need a shooting because in lineups where they're playing Baycott and Withers together, as awesome as Armando Baycott is, and he's he's one of the best players in the country, like they're playing two non-shooters. And right. you're also seeing Jalen Withers is is getting the and this is not like specific to just Jalen Withers, because this happens with Mark Mitchell at Duke or Ryan Dunn at UVA, but you know, sort of like non-shooters at the power forward position that teams are willing to to play off of and, and have another defender in the paint clogging other stuff up. So so Ryan's really crucial for them in part because as good as Harrison Ingram is, I'm not sure he's going to shoot 43% from deep all season. So they, they need someone else um, in the wing guard room uh, along with outside of Davis and Ingram to get going. And Ryan's the most obvious candidate. And I, I would bet mm-hmm. on him, you know, picking it up here. All right, let, let, let me, let me flip this over and I, maybe that's a pun. Uh, to the Blue Devils uh, because Kyle Filipowski has we knew he was going to be basically their everything has he been more of their everything than even you anticipated Uh, yeah because I I think he's been even better defensively so far this year and I know Duke is not by no means is this like uh, an elite elite defense but they're probably top 25 top 30 in terms of, you know, points allowed per possession. Mm -hmm. And a big part of that is, I think a couple of guys probably deserve like outsized credit. You know, Mark Mitchell, despite his issues offensively at times is, you know, is is a a warrior for them and does a lot of different stuff defensively. I think Jalen Blake's has been a spark plug, uh, like, you know, winning play hustle guy off the bench. Um, And I think Jared McCain after a rough start has like, just like, been solid not great he still has like a breakdown or two per game but 
but McCain's been much better than he was the first like five, six games of the year where it was just constant issues for him on that side of the court. But Filipowski, like anchoring the defense in gold, I'm not just talking about like rebounds and blocks, which he's getting a a ton of that. Um, I'm not even just talking about steals and deflections, which he's getting a lot of those too. Like he's so active um, uh, in a bunch of different spots of the floor defensively. But what they're asking him to do, like like John Shire spoke about this either after the Queens game or the win over Syracuse. Like I don't remember which one, but he, he basically said like he was describing Flip and he said, I don't think there's anyone like him in the country. And I think he's right because there's no one that's asked to carry such there's no like center that's asked to carry such a playmaking load. Mm-hmm. You know, think about how much offense Flip initiates and finishes, and then you come down on the other side of the court, he can't chill defensively. Like, he's the one guarding pretty much every screen, and they're asking him to do – in the Syracuse game alone, I highlighted this on Twitter, they they used probably four or five – at least four or five different screen coverages with Kyle Filipowski. So sometimes he's switching out on Judah Mint, who's an NBA point guard. Sometimes he's mm-hmm. in a drop playing below the level of the screen. Sometimes he's hard hedging. Sometimes they're in a zone and they're, they're not guarding pick and roll that way. Sometimes he's up at the level. Like he's doing so much on both sides of the court. It's really impressive. Like, I mean, I think he's totally solidified himself at this point as like a top 10 lottery pick and, and probably the best player in the ACC and one of the best players in the country. He's been awesome. Yeah, and Duke Duke has kind of settled into, at least they did against Syracuse. They went to a lot of four-guard sets um, mm-hmm. and they were effective in that. Adam Golden studio with my man, coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. I was on your website and I love the term financial termites because there are always things eating at your money that you can't see. So you don't want financial termites. Termites in the financial world are risk, fees, unnecessary commissions. All the bad things that we see and we hear about on TV are happening many times inside your portfolio you don't see. So you need a financial exterminator. Well, for the next 10 of you call, we'll put together for you your very own total retirement plan at no cost. Call 888-843-0013. Or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that been big for them. There was one game earlier in the year, too. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on it now where they, they went four guards, and, and it proved to be really fruitful for them. They've got a ton of guard you know, potential. And what's cool is, like, when they go to those looks, uh, I mean, they can actually play five out with flip. Right. And that's huge. And they, they can do that some when they play TJ Power because he can stretch the floor at the four spot. Um, you know, they're, 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 they found some workarounds with the way teams are guarding Mark Mitchell by, by really not like closing out or, and really playing off of him. The other night you saw Syracuse open the game by putting seven foot three Naheem Aline on Mark Mitchell and just sticking him in the paint. So Duke's finding some stuff to work around that. But when they play those four guards and all of a sudden you have flip in the middle of the court or flip in the post. And then you've got all of these guys that can, I mean, McCain's a big, big, big time shooter yep. who really moves super well without the ball. Like, he's just a really smart, skilled offensive player. Roach, Tyrese Proctor's back. He's he's obviously awesome. Caleb Foster, like a little up and down, but certainly talented. And Jalen Blake's gold. He made like, it, this is boring, maybe boring to talk about. He made probably like a half dozen plays in the Syracuse game that were just so smart. Like uh, being in the right spot defensively, being patient with the ball in transition, waiting for his teammates to catch up so he could feed them for a layup. Um, and then when he plays their like de facto small ball four, 
Uh, you know, Jalen Blakes is, you know, maybe a little bit shorter than I am. So it's funny having him play, play power forward, right. but, uh, but he, he tries hard and he can do it. And, and flip is, you know, um, you know, all of a sudden he gets to play with the, the right amount of space in the post or on the short roll and, and do can really open things up offensively. And I think I, my guess is you would agree with me here, which is that like those looks can't be Duke's base lineup. You know, they, they need no. Mitchell for his, his length defensively, but they're, yeah. it's an excellent, like, you know, end of half, end of game, uh, or just like a, during a stretch where you need to like juice the offense a little bit. It's perfect for that to be, to be like an off speed pitch, you know, for John Shire. It's not the fastball. Mitchell's playing um, plenty. It, I have, I have, yeah, I, yeah. and I have no issue. He'll, he'll eventually start making shots again. Uh, he is not a four and a half percent three point no, shooter, but, but but I give a lot of credit to like the way uh, John Shire, his staff, and, and the players on Duke's roster have like they're doing things with Mitchell to sort of like offset some of the issues he's having with the shot and the way teams are guarding him. Either sticking him in the dunker spot, getting him involved as a screener and diving to the rim. You sure. saw that uh, in the Duke game. Tyrese Proctor hit him for multiple you know dives uh, to the rim, and, and uh, Mitchell got to play some some five in that game too. And then he gets going as a cutter, and that's like really, in my opinion, like when Mitchell's at his best is like moving without the ball cutting Filipowski has good chemistry with him going back to last season doing that stuff. So like they've found things that even if Mitchell did shoot, you know, if he doesn't make a three for the rest of the season, there's still things they have that work in, in Filipowski is sort of like the key to unlocking all of that because he's such a good passer and generally a pretty good decision maker too. I mean, Mitchell also, he leads the team and getting to the free throw line. And that's uh, there's something to be mm-hmm. said for that uh, to NC state who, you know, when I, I said I put Wake Forest in that next category of teams, maybe I'm overestimating. I kind of like State, too. I think mm-hmm. State's got a lot of options. They have a very deep team. They have the most initials easily in the uh, maybe in the entire country. <laughs> uh, but they were they were awful for most of that game offensively, and they just kind of figured it out late. And I do. I love DJ Burns. I mean, I, he just makes me laugh. Uh, but mm-hmm. there's something to be said for having the ability uh, in a tight situation to put up a floater like that with touch uh, to yeah. to win a game. So what are your thoughts, you know, as we're, what, you know, into the second semester now with the Wolfpack? Yeah, it can't be said also how much uh, guts it took to go up and under with, like, with the <laughs> clock running out like right. that. I mean, Burns is an awesome, awesome college, you know, offensive center um, and really his shooting touch is special. Like he shouldn't be as efficient of a low post player as he is, but it's because he can take weird shots from, you know, 13, 17 feet from the rim from weird angles. And he just floats it in. Um, he's, he's a miraculous player. And obviously his spirit um, is incredible. Very fun player to have covered going back to, to, to Winthrop. Um, you know, look for state to, I guess what they didn't lead at all the entire game against Notre no. Dame. They have, they have what was outside of the old miss game, their worst offensive game of the season. And it would be hard for them to be worse than they were <laughs> right. on the road at, 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 at Mississippi, but they horrible shooting performance. Um, they don't really get to the line in the game all that much, but the offensive rebounds and getting to the line just enough plus burns in the low post, um, some timely threes, uh, from DJ Horn, and like that was enough to win a tough game against a, a 
not not a very good Notre Dame team. No, but I am still I'm still a little worried about State's offense, like half court offense specifically. I think we've seen Jaden Taylor's shot sort of regress to the mean mm-hmm. um, a little bit. I'm not really sure what the role is for MJ Rice right now, but I thought he was a potential you know ceiling raiser for them just in terms of like talent. And that really hasn't um, been borne out yet. I like I like a lot of the players in the backcourt, but I think you're still they're still looking for a guy to come in and that can be like a lead ball handler and make shots. And they just don't quite quite have that player, um, which is why they've got to go through Burns and in the post a lot. So like there's a, a lot of good stuff here. It's just hard for them, I think, to constantly put together lineups that are like solid half court wise on both sides of the floor. Because because obviously you know you need Burns for his offense, but then he can be a target for opposing teams to sure. go out in the pick and roll too. So, um, you know, I, I like what State has cobbled together, and even in some of these losses like BYU, Tennessee. I mean, these are two of the top ten teams in the country. State was in both of those games. You know, could have won either of mm-hmm. those games. So they can play with anybody. Um, but it's just like finding a sort of like enough half court rhythm on both sides to be sustainable. Yeah, just watching the game, it, it looked looked to me like they had a hard time uh, breaking Notre Dame down in the half court to create opportunities. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's why. And you and exactly. I have talked about this before, and we'll close on this. Uh, I really like to see them, you know, get out and press more, and maybe get some mm-hmm. easy baskets because uh, I think that's the way. I mean, uh, that's the way uh, Kevin Keats was doing it at Wilmington. I really think that that would uh, even maybe they don't have identical personnel and that does eliminate DJ from the equation because I don't think you're going to have <laughs> DJ uh, as a part of that particular defensive idea. But uh, they got to figure out a way to get some easy buckets. Brian Geisinger uh, at Geis underscore bird. Uh, we'll do this every Friday, man. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. Anytime, guys. Have a good weekend. You got it. That's it. We, uh, we just told people Friday's are uh, when we get uh, smarter in terms of basketball. We're going to yeah. do that the rest of the college basketball season. How many more fr- ba- college basketball Fridays do we have be- between now and the ACC tournament? We're going to be real smart. we got like a dozen. Yeah. Maybe, maybe 13, or I have no idea how many. It's less. It's good to know. It's actually less because it's not <laughs> the end of March. I, I can't do math, so let's, uh, let's stop even trying. But people could win a trivia, though. Because he's going to come with all the knowledge. Oh, my gosh. Brian Brian is crazy. Yes. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.